This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Payer Issues Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Dr. Rodrigo Cerda, Vice President of Clinical Care Transformation at Independence Blue Cross in Pennsylvania. Dr. Cerda, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Thank you very much. Really a uh, pleasure to be here. Now, I know we have a lot to talk about in terms of some of the big things happening in healthcare right now, as well as for Independence Blue Cross. But before we dive into our discussion, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your background? Sure, I'd be happy to. Um, well, to start, I'm an internal medicine doc and a public health practitioner. And for the past two years, as you've said, I'm uh, uh, the vice president of clinical care transformation at Independence Blue Cross uh, here in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Uh, I lead a team that's focused really on improving value of care for our members in collaboration with our clinical care provider network. Um, we're focused on um, three main things, I would say. Uh, number one is aligning incentives with providers uh, to make sure that they that it's financially uh, sustainable to uh, provide the kind of outcome-focused care we need. Number two, uh, on really rolling up our sleeves and contributing to uh, improved value, quality experience cost uh, through things like case and condition management, uh, provider communications and experience, joint value committees with provider system, population health, uh, in conjunction with primary care. And then on number three, um, through uh, clinical care innovation function that's really focused on uh, uh, working together with our providers and allowing us to uh, innovate at scale. I'm happy to talk more about that later. In general, I, I feel really fortunate to be uh, where I am, uh, coming back to Philadelphia, where I went to medical school, um, really having an opportunity to bring together uh, experience in, in clinical practice and public health and, uh, and in business um, uh, when, and coming back into this role that's really focused on improving the way care is delivered uh, at, a, at an institution um, that's really fully committed to the outcomes um, that we want to drive. That's fantastic. And really, it sounds like you've got an interesting role there at Independence Blue Cross. And I'm wondering, in thinking about the value of care and how that is being um, communicated and evolving um, for physicians, physicians and other providers, um, how do you imagine that that is going to change, um, especially given some of the pressures added to the healthcare system from the pandemic? Look, I, I think uh, the pandemic, if, if anything, has really just um, helped to focus us even more on the things that we knew were the right things to do. Um, we knew before the pandemic that uh, Getting people access to care at the right place, right care, right place, right time was essential. We knew that we needed to be able to bring care out of the hospital and into the home. Uh, we knew we needed to use digital tools and uh, to enable, um, you know, more access to things like telemedicine and telemonitoring. Um, and you know, the pandemic kind of came in and 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 really. Uh, turbocharged all of that, right? We, we had pressure on uh, hospital capacity and had to think really together with our entire network about how do we get people out of the hospital safely? How do we take care of them better in the home? Um, things like telemedicine and telemonitoring, telemonitoring, again, using digital tools to access healthcare has really boomed uh, during the pandemic. Uh, and 
um, to the surprise of uh, not only some of our members, but even some of our providers, they found that it worked really well. And it's a really good complement to in-person care. Um, so, uh, you know, this is, uh, as they say, you, you shouldn't let a good crisis go to waste. I feel like it has been a huge stress on our, on our, um, on our health system, but it's also uh, potentially a, a, a catalyst for positive change. Um, the one thing I would add, actually, that I, I obviously can't neglect here is um, in the pandemic, the fee-for-service model of care, where the more you do, the more you get paid, uh, also really didn't work. Right? We had um, uh, conversations with primary care practices early on in the pandemic that were uh, struggling financially and thinking about laying off some of the uh, people working in their offices because uh, their revenues were down. Um, a lot of hospitals struggled a lot because their, their sort of um, revenues dependent on procedures. And, um, you know, so that is where uh, value-based programs. And so, you know, obviously that's the wrong answer for both, right? We're in the middle of a pandemic. We shouldn't be thinking about shutting down healthcare resources. Um, uh, so, you know, this is where uh, models of care that pay for outcomes will be better suited uh, and and I think in in some ways um, you know providers are are kind of uh, have greater appetite for looking at paying for outcomes um, because it, it allows them to to focus really on doing the right thing for their patients. That's a really great point, and thank you so much for going through that. Now, how are you thinking about growth for Independence Blue Cross in the next twelve months or so? Um, it's a good question. I'll, I'll, I'll caveat that I'll answer from, from kind of my perspective in, in clinical care transformation. Um, but what I see, you know, a few categories. I think one is when we look at growth within, um, within the, the region of Independence Blue Cross, you know, the, the five counties around uh, Philadelphia. Um, part of the reason why I'm really excited about, uh, about helping us grow is that, uh, uh, you know, as the largest uh, payer in this region, we have uh, really the, the greatest influence, the greatest potential to uh, collaborate with and influence the provider network. And the greater uh, share of panel that we have, the, the, the better and more productive those, those collaborations are. So we spend you know, a lot of time working with providers on, hey, what do we want the models of care really to look like? How do we need to adjust the way we pay to do that? How can we collaborate on, on investigations? And, um, you know, the more uh, members and patients we share, the, the greater the, the, the fruits of, those, of that work uh, can, uh, can really be. Um, I think, you know, uh, on a national level, you know, we certainly have a lot of uh, customers that are based here and have uh, patients everywhere. Uh, I, I would like to, um, I would like to see us, and in particular in the Blues, the Blue Cross Blue Shield um, plans, uh, really make the most of the fact that uh, we are local everywhere, and, and we've got um, we've got that market uh, uh, power in each one, each one of the locations, and we have the ability to to drive value based care in a way that I think um, you know no other. Payer really can, 
Um, so I think for us, uh, you know, we have to think about how we we tell a good, consistent, quantitative story about the impact that we're having through value-based care initiatives uh, uh, around the blues uh, to really account for that kind of value that we're generating at each one, especially as we look at, you know, uh, I want to be able to tell uh, you know my customer base here who has a member in, say, Indiana, uh, exactly what value uh, that the plan in Indiana is added. So I think that's that's another one. Um, and the third one is um, in, you know, the third one I would say is uh, as, as the role of a health plan evolves, uh, one, of the, one of the places that we really should be playing a role, um, you know, beyond insurance, which is a, a, a shrinking part of our, of our business at this point, uh, is really in helping our members navigate healthcare uh, and advocating for those members. Uh, and really helping them get that right care, right place, right time. Um, we are in the best position to do that, uh, given that we uh, we are um, you know we are making medical policies, we are designing benefits, we have a lot of data that can help target our interventions, uh, and um, you know we're kind of in a space where uh, healthcare is very difficult to navigate. Um, so I think that's a place where, you know, we really should be going into, uh, uh, you know, as a service, uh, whether or not it's tied in with, with um, uh, insurance per se. Got it. That really makes a ton of sense. And, you know, I'm sure it will be very helpful for members, especially as they're, you know, gaining access to health insurance and healthcare services and then trying to figure out, you know, where the best place is for them, especially in the um, value-based environment. Now, thinking about healthcare in general, what are the most interesting issues that you're following right now? Um, well, I can think of a couple. Uh, one, uh, and I, I've started to touch on it, one I think is, is virtual care. And, and um, you know, this is one of those things where that has been only accelerated uh, in, in the pandemic as people have been forced really to, to stay at home. Um, but, you know, again, how, how can we uh, really make the most of the fact that uh, both providers and our members have used uh, digital tools to access healthcare and, uh, you know, whether it's telemedicine, uh, telemonitoring, um, you know, different kinds of uh, e-triage, um, to to really get that right care, that I think is a really exciting space, and there's um, a lot of uh, a lot of new technology uh, that that can enable us to do it better. Uh, thinking like uh, uh, artificial intelligence enabled chatbots that can kind of help you uh, find care in one place or another. The ability to have more seamless scheduling uh, of provider visits. Um, the uh, the ability to do uh, kind of more sophisticated targeting of, of our members who might, you know, have a rising risk or be at particularly high risk of doing poorly in the next few weeks on a, on a, on a predictive basis, kind of getting in there early and saying, you know, trying to, to intervene and help them uh, before it gets to the point of needing a hospitalization. Uh, and so I think, you know, uh, that that uh, potential of going from where today, you know, um, 
most plans might be able to answer, hey, if, if you want a, uh, an orthopedist, uh, you know, an in-network orthopedist, we can give you a list of 50, you know, orthopedists that are orthopedic surgeons that are nearby. Um, but what we, what we can get to is to the point of being able to ask, why? Why do you need an orthopedist? What's going on? Is there something we can help you with? Can we help you to find exactly the right side of care, right? And maybe if we can ask a few questions, we can help you say, hey, you know, this sounds like it might be something that uh, could, your, your primary care, rather than waiting, you know, three months to see an orthopedic surgeon, can we get you in to see your primary care doc uh, tomorrow? Or can we, uh, can you, do you want to see somebody through telemedicine later today that can help you talk through what's going on, given the way that you've answered these questions? Uh, and then you might be able to identify that, uh, you know, their, their knee pain was uh, more related to uh, sort of weight gain than to, you know, something that's going to require surgery. And you go down a whole different path of really helping them think about nutrition and, and all the other risk factors that might come with that. So that, I think, is a super exciting space. The second one I would say is um, behavioral health. Uh, I, I think, um, again, this is one of those areas that we've known for a long time uh, really had a degree of underinvestment. Uh, and uh, it's always been difficult to, to, to access behavioral health services um, and has carried with it some, some degree of stigma. Uh, I, I think now uh, behavioral health it has increasing momentum um, in that uh, there's greater recognition uh, of, of the impact of behavioral health on, on physical health, uh, on people's ability to to live productive and happy lives, um, and uh, and certainly during the pandemic, all the all the stresses associated with the pandemic have, um, you know, again taken something that we knew uh, was really important and really just uh, sharpened that focus for us. So I would say behavioral health and increasing investment in this space uh, is is really uh, exciting uh, in healthcare now. Got it. That, that's really fantastic to hear. Um, and, and now before we wrap up our conversation, I have one more question for you. What are you most excited about today and what makes you nervous? Uh, good questions. Hard to pick one uh, on each, but I'll, I'll do my best. Um, one thing I am particularly excited about uh, is that, that, that we've been building is our uh, clinical care innovation function. Uh, here at Independence, um, it is, uh, you know, we, we are all going towards, you know, this, uh, go these goals of, of, of increased, of better quality, better experience, greater equity, uh, lower costs, but exactly how to execute that is tricky. And that requires us trying new things on, you know, trying to deliver care in a slightly different way. Uh, engaging with members or with patients in a slightly different way uh, and really optimizing how that's done. And so uh, part of what we've tried to do is, is set up a, a, a systematic way to be able to, to build business cases for, hey, what are the targets that we really want to go after? If we, you know, what are all the ideas that we could get to do that? We prioritize that. We make business cases, how to do that. And we think about how to scale it from the beginning. And at this point, we're really, um, we're growing in momentum. We've, we've had uh, several pilots that are, that are giving us good results, whether it's, you know, 
uh, a new way of operating to keep people out of the emergency room, uh, helping people manage uh, symptoms from uh, their uh, uh, chemotherapy medications, uh, helping uh, 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 expectant mothers and, and postpartum uh, mothers uh, uh, with managing problems with, with high blood pressure uh, in, in the peripartum time. Um, so I think that that is something that's, that's really exciting uh, and, um, you know, that it's, that it's varied and it really is helping us figure out what works and, and make that journey towards higher value care. Um, in the, in terms of what makes me most nervous, uh, I don't know about nervous, but I, I would say a challenge that we have uh, as we move towards uh, is that as we move towards paying providers more for outcomes, that is, uh, you know, quality experience cost and that adding, you know, adding in equity in particular, uh, we at the same time uh, as as health plans are increasingly uh, getting paid by our customers uh, in, a, in something that is more similar to fee-for-service. And, and, and I say that in the self-funded space where a, an employer uh, would pay a health plan to manage the, the, the claims and, and some of the services around uh, uh, the, our, their employees' health care. We don't take on the full risk for total cost of care. Uh, and um, you know, plans in general that don't have as much skin in the game per se on on the harder outcomes of of uh, you know on cost quality experience. Um, so that I think is a challenge for us as we move more towards uh, the the self funded space. Uh, and I think what we need to get to is uh, we need to get to the point where uh, rather than um, you know, like, like what our providers are moving towards, right? Rather than selling only the services, right, that we're doing, we should be thinking about selling and guaranteeing and putting skin on the outcomes uh, of saying, you know, our job is to deliver to you, the customer of, of an employer, uh, really that cost, quality, experience, equity, um, and, uh, and, and our, our fees should be contingent on that. Um, and that's uh, that's a challenge that I think we all have as we evolve in this space from insurance to increasingly uh, self-funded uh, and and reconcile that with uh, the movement towards value-based care for providers. Got it. I, I, I think that's just fascinating to think about. And as the healthcare system shifts, you know, obviously you're all prepared, but then also shifting with it. Um, Dr. Serdad, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. This has been a really fascinating discussion and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Thank you. I really appreciate the opportunity to speak with you and uh, I do uh, look forward to it as well.